Hi, I'm Sean and welcome to the Everyday Fitness and Wellbeing Podcast, where today I speak to martial artist, businessman, sports scientist and father, Matthew Chapman, aka the Mittmaster. Now, Matt's an old friend that I've known for 20 years and way back then he introduced me at university to Muay Thai kickboxing. Even then, he came across as a passionate, dedicated, and very experienced martial artist. So, without further ado, let me introduce you to Matthew Chapman. Hi, Matt. Hey, Sean. How you doing? Very well, very well. Now, I've got to say, it's been quite a few years uh, since we studied together. And regardless of me trying to teach you to DJ, I'm guessing (laughs) it's not DJ Mittmaster. It's not a DJ, no. <laughs> I don't know if you still try DJing, but uh, who are you, so to speak, and and what you know? What is the Mittmaster, and and what do you do? Uh, well, I do try and DJ, but I'm not very good, to be honest. <laughs> um, I'm mainly a martial artist. I mean, I've always loved martial arts. I've always wanted to do martial arts. I started when I was ten years old, and I've been training about thirty-two years since that point. Um, So I went to university with you in uh, East London to learn a little bit more about the sports science of um, martial arts. And that was really cool. We had a good time at university. It was good fun. But when kind of university came to the end, I was um, deciding whether to get a real job or to pursue my passion. So I decided in the end to teach martial arts full time, set up a small class in a David Lloyd near me, which started to grow and get bigger and bigger. And we're kind of at the point now where I teach 400 students every week, which is it's good. So I get to kind of live a lifestyle business, um, mm. teach a few people. But I was finding I was getting a little bit burnt out with um, teaching all the time. So I tried to switch from offering a service to selling products. So that's where Mittmaster came along. I started to productize my training and make martial arts training videos, which I now sell online and they're doing quite well excellent excellent that must have been uh, quite a a life change to go from physically doing what you wanted what you were passionate about to changing it to to a product or what triggered that you, you say burnout what what happened if you don't mind me asking uh kids and the wife happened so uh... ah. <laughs> That took a lot of energy uh, away from the business. It's, I think it's quite easy, easy to run a business if it's just yourself. But as soon as you add in the extra energy required to look after a family, it becomes a lot harder. So I was doing a lot of private lessons, a lot of class, there's a lot of seminars. And that was all fine and dandy when I was single. But as soon as uh, I got married and a few kids came along, especially kids under sort of five years old. Yeah. You have to spend a lot of energy and a lot of time with them, which affected the business. So I had to make a decision, like, how can I still make enough money to survive and provide for my family, but without burning out? So I found out that probably selling products is one of the ways I could do that, because I'm not selling my time for money anymore, which is quite important. That's um, That would have been a tough decision, but uh, uh, a wise decision, really. But um, we'll... We'll really come back to that um, idea of uh, energy and and focus in in a little while. 
Um, I think that's quite admirable, um, certainly as a business person, to, to recognise that there there's more significant priorities. Yeah. Yet at the same time, you're tied with this idea of, I've got to provide, I can't stop working. So, uh, yeah, exactly. that really, really tough, tough decision. Um, but if we stick with martial arts for now, um, and this may seem as a daft question, but how relevant are martial arts these days? With... Uh, I think they're very relevant. I think people are very um, out of shape right now. They're not particularly fit. They're very stressed out. So they have problems dealing with their stress levels. Um, the perception by the media is that uh, the streets are getting more and more violent, but that's probably not accurate. <laughs> so I think martial arts is uh, very, very relevant. Obviously, there's the fitness benefits of martial arts, so it gets you uh, cardiovascular fit, it gets you strong, it gets you flexible, it improves your coordination and your balance. Um, on the stress side, it helps you burn off those stress hormones out of your body so you don't feel as stressed. It allows you to focus, it takes your mind off your worries and obviously from a self-defense perspective it's very useful to have some sort of martial arts training mm. yeah i'd agree i'd agree personally i'd like all my children to master uh, one of the martial arts certainly there's the self-defense element as you mentioned mm. and i'd also go as far as the dis some of the discipline it's not a cop-out as a parent but it is handy to have you know what children are like. They they often look up to their teachers. Well, you hope that they'd look up to their teachers. Certainly from a young age, they're more likely, i found, to uh, pay attention to what the teacher is saying in, say, in school, but also uh, the sensei or the teacher in a, in a class is going to perhaps have a different technique that the child looks up to. So... That being the case, I've recently started my four-year-old with um, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Because of his physicality and wanting to, you know, rough and tumble, I figured, yeah, that would suit him. My older daughter, sure, she's nine, and she's more into the kickboxing side of things, although I did want her to entertain some Wing Chun, but uh, maybe that will come. But the thing is that that's me as a parent projecting what I want the children to do. Yeah. In your experience, is there a timeline or is there a suggested choice or, or is it what we've got available here in the West is what I'm trying to say. I mean, there's a number of questions I'm trying to ask here. So one, in your experience, is there a timeline or suggested choice here in the West? And then two, is it personally, purely personal preference perhaps or limited to what's on offer okay well um i think you're kind of right it is a little bit of personal preference um when i started doing martial arts 30 years ago there wasn't many martial arts available in the uk so there was karate uh, a bit of judo and somehow i managed to find ninjutsu which is kind of like crazy ninja training um <laughs> which is really cool so i didn't really have a lot of choice there nowadays you can study pretty much any martial art if you live in a, a big town, you can study any martial art out there. It's so, so much out there. And, of course, a lot of people are studying martial arts online. Um, for children, I think it's important to get, like you say, the, the discipline element because I think martial arts is another 
string to your bow. Obviously, you will be disciplined with the kids at home and they'll be disciplined at school with the teachers. So if you can also bring them into martial arts, there's a lot of discipline and respect in martial arts. A bit different from other sports, I think, because maybe in something like football, there is respect, but the way it's taught <laughs> is not as... Um, is not as... Debatable. <laughs> I think martial arts really helps on that front. It's, a, it's an extra form of a discipline. And there's codes of behaviour and codes of conduct and respect is very much valued. So really any martial art that a child do does will help. Personally, I think kids should start with some sort of grappling art, like you said, some judo or jiu-jitsu, um, because it teaches a lot of very useful skills. And then maybe maybe move to a striking art like uh, boxing or kickboxing or Muay Thai to round out their skills when they get a bit older. So I think you just got to go with what's available. If there's um, really good martial arts near to you, you, you go to that. And also it depends on the atmosphere of the club when you go and visit them, whether they seem friendly, whether they seem professional, whether they seem to care about the kids. Because unfortunately not all martial arts schools are the same. Some have a different uh, energy and atmosphere than others so it's best to kind of go to your local martial arts school speak to your instructor see if you uh, like how he carries himself or he or she carries themselves and then make a decision based on that because it's really a, more about the, the the school and the atmosphere and the respect rather than the style very true very true Be i i pick up on what you said about atmosphere i have to admit i did notice uh, a change in atmosphere in one dojo that I shared. Um, I was asked as a guest uh, trainer to do some basics in kickboxing um, several years ago. And we'd go in straight after the, the boxers, just the normal standard uh, boxing. Yeah. And the two groups were very different and it was very much a different atmosphere. Both you know, dedicated to their training and putting the work ethic in there, but very much a different uh, different bunch. So atmosphere, yeah, I, I can imagine have your child under the supervision of and, and trust someone that you trust to look after your child in a safe environment, then certainly checking out and using your gut instincts is uh, probably important. Yes, very. But interesting what you said about also, just digressing a little, uh, about the discipline and respect. I think that's what I was trying to get across in um, trying to explain my question at the start. The, the discipline and I think the respect. Some martial arts are a little stricter than others uh, from what I remember. So the karates and the uh, a lot of tradition perhaps. That's maybe led to uh, me forming the question of, of its relevance, but I think uh, you've, you've got that across, really, that it, it is still very relevant for, for, the, for the... There may be old traditional values, respects and discipline and uh, self-defence uh, don't go out of fashion, I guess. No, they're even more important nowadays, I think, than ever. Um, if you believe the news once again about the downfall of modern society. I think kids do need to uh, respect themselves, respect their friends, respect property and respect their, their teachers and their instructors. So martial arts instills that all the time. And if you're going to get good at martial arts, it takes dedicated 
persistent practice. You can't just drop in and drop out of martial arts. You won't you won't see any benefits. So the kids kind of need to understand that it requires discipline to get skilled. It requires discipline to uh, get the gradings and pass and get their belts. It requires a lot of discipline to get the black belt. Um, if they want to compete, it requires discipline to train hard to compete and win. So, yeah, it's all in there. Is there a crossover with uh, athletics then? Is it, or would you say that there's the sport element and then there's the practicing for fun? Or how, how would sport come into it, would you say? Um, traditionally, martial arts were purely about self-development and um, self-defense ability. So, you know, a few hundred years, it's all about perfecting your character and being able to defend yourself. But when any real sporting martial arts... Uh, probably other than wrestling. But after uh, martial arts came to the West, it started to change a little bit and competition started to be developed and fitness and athleticism play a big part in winning competitions. So that's why I kind of went to university to study sports science with you is because I wanted to improve that area of knowledge because uh, most martial artists kind of understand the basics of fitness, health and sports science, but not as deep as someone who's done obviously a degree in it. So that kind of really upped my skills because I've got a much more professional understanding of fitness and health. But if you're going to do any sort of competitive martial arts, yeah, there's a big ele element of uh, athleticism and fitness involved. I've got several other questions to ask you, Matt, but I'm kind of like to stick with this just for a little longer. And I've mentioned children, but say someone's now in their 40s wanting to <laughs> wanting to take part are they just uh, left with tai chi and the softer arts or what would you recommend to someone thinking do you know what i, I want i want some kind of hobby or i want to start something i you know i don't want to break anything uh, or is that the risk i hear these stories of muay thai practitioners retiring as they touch uh, 30, what, what would you say? No, the only the Muay Thai people who retire were fighters. You don't fight much past sort of 30, 35, because your body doesn't heal as quick, and um, the younger guys will kick your butt. So that, <laughs> that's a fight. We have students in my school who do kickboxing who are 60 years plus. So Really? Yeah, yeah. Right. It's, it's for any age. I mean, we start our kids at five years old and we've got 60 years plus training hard and, and several examples that sometimes fitter than the 40 year olds which is uh, pretty cool so you can do it at any age you just got to find a school that can uh, modify the training to suit your body any injuries you've had um, any limitations you might have in your flexibility because if you go to a school that doesn't respect you as an individual they might you know cause you to have an accident or injure yourself somehow by overworking you or not list, not working with your own body and its own um, restrictions. So what we do is we take a new student and we kind of assess their physical fitness, their flexibility, um, their strength, and then we kind of tailor our program to suit them. So we'll give different variations for different levels of fitness, different variations for different levels of flexibility, different variations for different levels of coordination. So anyone of any age can do it as long as the coach and instructor understands kind of the theory of individuality as it comes to training. Very important. Uh, and, and that helps with, how shall I put it, 
managing the expectations of someone walking into the studio that you can put them straight uh, or dojo rather put them straight straight away so to speak pause <laughs> so what i'm trying to say is that that helps with managing expectations of the person walking through the door so they may have they may have been fitter in the past they walk in with perhaps ego, thinking they can do stuff that they were able to 10 years ago, but you're able to assess and look after them. Um, not to, how shall I put it, not um, tell them what they can't do, but just uh, be more realistic with what their body can handle. Is that what you're saying? Uh, yes and no. I mean, I literally do tell people what they can't do because okay. I know... <laughs> I've been teaching such a long time that I know if they're going to do a particular exercise or move, they're very likely to injure themselves. Oh. So part of being an instructor is protecting your students from themselves. Mm. Uh, so I definitely do say, no, you shouldn't do that variation. Um, you know, you need to work on your hamstring flexibility before you even think about attempting that. And they don't, they understand that I'm doing that from a place of love, not from a, like a, a control sort of thing. I just don't want them to, to hurt themselves. So I do do a, a bit of um, a bit of that. But expectations, like a lot of people come to martial arts a little bit afraid that they're going to get beaten up or hurt or, or, or injured in some sort of way. So we're very relaxed in our way of approaching our students, very friendly. We like to put people at ease so they don't feel so scared. And after a few lessons, they kind of understand that they're going to be fine. And then, like I say, we change the variations on every technique to suit the person. So it works. That's interesting, actually, what you said about people's expectations of what a martial arts studio will involve, whether they're going to be beaten up. And I have known or heard reputations of some schools where it is a case of... Uh, yeah. You go there and you get beaten up. Although, is there any validity in there's fighter schools where it's a case of wise up, you're going to be fighting, so... No, I think, it, I think it's arrogance on the part of the instructor. Um, so you get someone, let's say you're a fighter school, you're only trained fighters, well, you get some new person turn up, and I've heard stories of them getting into the ring and sparring with a, like a, a professional fighter and just getting bashed around the ring for a bit so they never come back there's other ways of testing a person's fitness or testing a person's will without beating them up you know you can get them to do lots of fitness work you can get them on the pads uh, and make them tired and, and see how they deal with um, feeling sick so mm -hmm. in those type of schools they're taking the piss really by letting basically innocent people get beaten up it's like fresh meat or new fresh meat to uh, <laughs> that's not very nice yeah. uh, luckily those schools usually are very small and they don't really have many students and they kind of die out eventually so most places are now much more professional and look after their, their customers excellent excellent okay well I could talk um, for ages on, on martial arts um, but I've got a, f a few more questions that take a different slant on motivation. Because the last podcast I did with a guy called Brad Burton, and uh, we looked at motivation and what makes you tick. So same for you, really. What what motivates you, and has it changed from those early days? 
what motivates me. So I think the main thing that motivates me is creativity. I just love being creative and expressing myself through various sort of uh, mediums. So obviously, like the physical expression through martial arts, that was first what attracted it to to me. So I like moving and um, coming up with new drills, new concepts, developing myself, improving myself. So that was the first thing. And then I started getting into writing. So I enjoy uh, writing books now. I've written four books. So I enjoy that kind of creative expression where I get to use my brain a bit because although martial arts is um, has an, a mental element, it's not quite intellectually challenging enough for me. So I like to uh, write. So I write written a couple of books which is good and then the business side of it I find challenging and creative as well because I try and work out how I can be more efficient with my time and mm. leverage different technologies to um, make money so I can look after my family so it's all about creativity for me um, okay. as long as I'm being creative I'm having fun um, I can't really if I'm not being creative and I'm kind of doing the same old things, uh, I get bored very quickly. So mm. it's got to be about creation. Okay, okay. Well, I'm sure some may take issue with you saying martial arts not being intellectually uh, stimulating. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> I've, I've done it a long time and I've done a lot of different martial arts. And there is an element behind the philosophy, obviously, and the training and solving problems while mm. sparring or working with a partner, mm. but it hasn't got the same sort of uh, intellectual component as maybe running a business has or writing and editing a book has, in my sure. opinion. Of course, of course. I'm just uh, playing with you. <laughs> <laughs> Although, uh, the, the reason, that, oh, another reason I mentioned that is with some of my one-to-one -one clients, like they're like a blank canvas when you teach them or you break down the components of movement. And I've often said to them, look, kickboxing is almost like a dance, and it's learning some steps. Now, I know you're going to co make correct me uh, here, but the, the joy in when they've... Uh, if it, put, when they're able to, to master a two, three, four-part combination, uh, yeah. when they're able to, you know, with... Not just upper body, not just uh, say boxing, but synchronizing the movement and getting it right. Maybe and even perhaps uh, one where they're having to spin round and and land back in the correct stance, not dizzy, upright, and facing the correct way. Um, the so yeah, there's the, the, I guess there's that complexity for the beginner. But for the lights, yeah, that's exactly the point. Like uh, you get a law of diminishing returns when it comes to martial arts training, or probably any physical endeavor. Where in the beginning, your growth curve is massive. You just learn so much in the first year of training. Like you're just learning literally every session. Things mm -hmm. improve, um, and that carry on for like three, four, five years, where you get this massive um, upsurge in knowledge and uptake. But after I'd say about four or five years, it starts to level off and it's more about depth of understanding of the, the techniques um, and, and really going deep into the techniques. So uh, personally, I mean, I, I like to, when I get to that point of like five, six years into a martial art, I like to start looking at other martial arts to re 
start that growth process again, that massive learning curve again. Mm. So that's why I've done like eight different martial arts over the last 30 years. Is because it's not that you stop learning after about five years, but the learning slows down and it's more depth rather than breadth. And I, I like both. I like depth and breadth. So I usually then after about five, six years in a martial art, um, if I feel like my learning's kind of stopped or stalled a little bit, I then start another martial art and it all starts again. Yeah. And it keeps me fresh and excited and, I, and I'm starting to learn again. So it's all about learning and growth, like I said. Okay, and I'm sure you could uh, always return back to a previous martial art. That oh, I never, I don't ever stop a martial art. Um, I always put it into my maintenance system. So I just, I maintain my skills in a particular style while I'm studying the, the new style. Okay, so that's that. what drives your motivation there. Is it the same, therefore, the same in business and life, or am I, uh, the elephant in the room is children motivate you, the family motivate you, but but anything else other than that, perhaps? Um, I like a challenge. I like the challenge of having a, a problem and solving the problem. So that's why business is so much fun, because it's, it's a never-ending series of problems. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Just coming at you nonstop. Uh, so you've got to be able to like find the solutions. So that that's intellectually challenging as well. Um, when you get a, like a major problem in your business, which you've got to fix. Um, so I just like that that learning, that overcoming problems, and achieving, and then moving on to new goals. I think you've probably answered my next question, Matt, um, with what you've just said. All the energy, mental focus and stamina to stay on top of your game is that driven by changing up your martial arts or or what in other words also how how do you look after yourself is it purely martial arts or are there other techniques that you use i think to run i run three businesses so to run three businesses and i teach martial arts uh, to classes and to privates and i write books and I run an, an online business as well. I think you've got to really be passionate about what you do and follow your bliss, follow your love, because passion will get you through those times when you're tired and when it's not working out and when you're stressed. But the only thing that can supply the necessary energy to keep you going is, is passion, in my opinion. So I'm just very passionate about what I do, um, the things I love, and that supplies the necessary energy, even when you've got two little kids running around and, uh, mm. and and all the stress that goes with that. And otherwise, just looking after myself, I'm, I, like, I, almost, I almost had a couple of close breakdowns over the last 10 years where I've, where I've literally run out of energy and finding it hard to cope and feel like right on the edge. Sure. But when you get to that point, it's kind of like a warning. Your body's saying, like, and your brain's saying, like, enough. You need to change something. You need to be a bit smarter about how you use your time. So I, I do several things. I obviously moved and changed my business slightly, so it was more based on products rather than selling my time for money, which, uh, you know, you've never got enough time. If yeah. you want more money, you have to do more, more teaching, which uh, makes you more tired. Sure. So I did that. I also made sure I sleep a lot. So I try and get in my sleep at night, and if I don't get enough sleep at night for whatever reason, I nap during the day whenever I want, so I get lots of sleep. 
Mm. I try and get high quality nutrition in, so I tend to uh, use a diet called the slow carb diet, which okay. is mainly uh, slow carbs, no fast carbs, lots of protein, lots of healthy fats. Mm-hmm. Um, I like black coffee, that works. <laughs> <laughs> that works until it doesn't work. Sure. Uh, I drink a lot of green tea. Mm-hmm. Um, I leave a lot of time in my day for just chilling out and thinking. So I, I'm not like back to back. So I don't like work all the time. There's a lot of, I put in schedule sort of breaks where I can just do nothing for an hour. Yeah. Like, out and refresh the brain. I like walking in nature. I think walking in nature is very good for calming the body and the mind. So those are kind of how I manage my energy. Oh, wow. That's good. Leads me into the next question then. Have you, do you have any time for yoga or have you tried it? And have you tried meditation with the walking in nature? I take it there's an element of mindfulness there going on. Yeah, I mean, I've tried yoga, and, you know, it looks very serene and simple when you watch someone who knows what they're doing, but because I'm a martial artist and probably too physical, I, I struggle with it. I, I, I get in the poses, and I'm, I'm sweating and shaking and feeling sick, and <laughs> I'm basically using too much energy. Same when I'm swimming. I'm not a very good swimmer, because I try and fight with the water. Right letting the water support me and working with the water so yoga uh, I enjoy the idea of it I just think I need to find a coach who can uh, get me to do it correctly maybe so I will, I will investigate yoga because I think it's got a lot of benefits especially with martial arts sure. uh, meditation wise I used to do the relaxation response which is following your breath in and out yeah. uh, for 10 minutes to help your body relax and help your mind settle and that works really well um, I find I prefer walks in nature because I'm quite active, so sitting still obviously is a bit tricky. Yeah. So I prefer to take a nice half-hour walk in nature. It just slows my breathing down, slows my brain down, lets everything settle and, and calms me, calms me right down. I see. I see. What about uh, Tai Chi? I, 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 we both have a mutual acquaintance that uh, on our course, Phil, he used to do Tai Chi, but. Um, yeah. Have you tried it since, or is that, again, too slow for you? I know a lot of the old folk, it's been beneficial for old folk in the park. I've seen classes going yeah, on. Yeah, I'm not old. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 42. I, I know, I'm older than you. But, but um, should it be just categorised for the ageing population, or is there scope for uh, scope for us young'uns? <laughs> no, no, I think... Uh, tai Chi's got a lot of lot of value. Um, obviously, it's got the the uh, physical and energetic benefits, but even from a martial arts point of view, it's got a lot of good stuff as well. Um, it's one of the things I'd like to get into. I'm currently studying like a couple of different styles, so I'm sure I'll get around to it when I'm when I'm old. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sure. But like when I've done push hands with. Uh, good Tai Chi people, they can just throw me all over the place. So there's, it, it's very interesting. It's one of the things I'd like to, to add to my repertoire, definitely. Uh, as you can tell, I, don't, I know very little about it. So uh, I'll, I'll be joining you uh, in, 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 in ex- exploring it when I've made some time as well. Yeah. Now, your daily habits, routines. You mentioned taking a walk with nature, um, being quite disciplined with recovery, having having uh, naps if you need to, um, yeah. 
etc. And, and just have blocking out thinking time. Are there any other daily habits or routines that work for you? Yeah, I think uh, you've got to get your breakfast right. So since I've been doing the slow carb, I, I get my 30 grams of protein within 30 minutes of waking up. That seems to stabilize my blood sugar is quite good during the day, so I don't get as hungry or as tired. Before, when I was like carving up to the max, I'd like have a nice croissant with uh, a cappuccino with three sugars in it. <laughs> so that would shoot me really super high, and then like two hours later, I'd crash down, so then it's another cake or sweet or whatever, and you get the up, down, up, down, and of course, yeah. then you, your body puts on weight and you start feeling more lethargic. So, since I cleaned all that up and I Gone with the slow carb, like have a, a healthy breakfast with lots of veggies and some proteins. That that really sets me up well. So I think you got to get your your morning routine right because that will set you up for the rest of the day. A lot of people don't eat in the morning, like they're too rushed, yeah. especially with family. So you kind of you're dealing with the kids and getting them ready for school. Maybe you don't have time, or think you don't have time. So I think you need to make time for a nutritious, healthy breakfast because that will set your eating habits for the rest of the day. I try and train every day, whether that be martial arts, whether that be stretching, whether that be uh, kettlebells, to obviously, it's just good for me mentally. I'm not as nice a person or as uh, well-balanced a person if I don't train because my body's addicted to the chemicals of training now. Yeah, sure, I know. So that, yeah. if I don't train, I'm a bit grouchy, a bit tired i feel a bit lethargic and a bit flat so i have to i have to train every day to, to get my body in the right state and get those good endorphins flowing so i train every day i try and read every day because i think um, you learn so much when you read mm. so i've got about five books on the go all at the same time and i'm reading every day on various things i'm reading a book about all sorts of things like how to deal with cancer right now i'm oh. reading a book about business not that i've got cancer or that anyone i know has got cancer but i'm very interested in being prepared ahead of time sure sure so but, i know what you know one in three of us or whatever it is one in four of us will get, get cancer or know someone who's got cancer so i don't want to be like shocked with it when it happens to someone i know i want to be prepared i want to be thinking ahead and know the treatment options and all that sort of stuff way ahead of time so I'm reading a book about that, I'm reading a book about business, I'm reading a book of, about um, lifestyle, I'm reading a, a, a book to do with um, dieting, so I'm, I'm learning all sorts of things. So I read every day, like I say, I train, I, I try and get my eating well, try and spend time with the kids having fun every day, obviously, because um, that's super important, and that's about it, really. Quite a juggling act, trying to fit it all in. Yeah, it is, yeah. yeah fair play, fair play. So who inspires you whether it's living or from the past and why oh that's a good question well when i was a kid it was bruce lee yeah because he was cool <laughs> snap <laughs> he was cool and just like he had so much charisma um so that kind of motivated me to start martial arts. And he's, he was still way ahead of his time. He probably is still way ahead of our time currently and what he was thinking and what he was doing. Obviously, I think my family inspired me because I want to do my best for them and help my kids grow up to be really good, strong adults. So I'm enjoying doing that. Uh, currently, I have a, several instructors who, who have taught me over the last few years. My main instructor is a guy called Anton St. James who lives in Plymouth. He 
was my first like real instructor who taught me all sorts of different martial arts. He was really good. He was really kind, really helped me out, looked after me, um, fed me and trained me for like a decade. So I owe him a, a big uh, debt. And then I moved to London, obviously, to do a degree and went training with Bob Breen, who's a very famous martial artist in the UK, and he's fantastic. He's taught me so much. He's added a lot of depth to my training, and he's a, a really cool guy. Um, so he's an inspiration to me. Then I went to America to train for a bit with um, an MMA coach called Eric Paulson, who was one of the first MMA fighters. Uh, he used to fight bare knuckle back in the early days. Go. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, crazy. <laughs> and he is just a super generous, super nice guy. He's just like an encyclopedia of knowledge, and he's very, very funny. So he's a lot of fun to be around. So. Um, I like to see him when he comes over to the UK. So I went to America a couple of times to train with Eric. Um, and then when I got back to the UK, I started training with um, Phil Norman in, in his new style. He's just kind of created a brand new, basically a brand new variation on martial arts, which is pretty cool. So that's kind of re-infused me about um, martial arts. So I started training with him as well. So those four guys are kind of my, my main martial arts inspirations. Mm. Um, I don't know about living or in the past. I'm not sure, really. I think I'm kind of focused on the present, so I would say those guys motivate me the most. And Bruce Lee was like the big motivation in the background for decades. Sure, sure. Oh, and um, when we trained together, there, there was young James. Um, how yes. how is, is he around these days? What's... Uh... Yeah, yeah, we run, we still run our school together. He's uh, he's doing really good. He's gone focused a, a little bit more on the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu side of that because that's like his passion. Okay. So my passion is more stand-up um, fighting, so kind of kickboxing, Muay Thai boxing, mm -hmm. and MMA. And he kind of really loves the groundwork. So he's a brown belt in Jiu-Jitsu now, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, mm -hmm. and he's training all the time towards his black belt. Um, so he teaches a lot of the jiu-jitsu program at our school. Uh, he's good. He's he's got two kids of his own and a wife. So it's all coming together. No, do say hello. Do say hello. I would. Right now, finally, um, a takeaway message for the listeners, or, or or perhaps a top three things they can do right now or tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the takeaway message would be just follow your passion. Um, I see this a lot with like students that I have who maybe have a talent or a passion, but for some reason they they just won't do it. They 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 get fearful, they get scared. What if it doesn't work out? What if this, what if that, what if and they kind of settle and then get a job that they hate and I see this so much with students like I'll ask them how their day's gone, and they're like, oh, my job sucks, my life sucks, I hate it. And I'm like, oh, well, what do you, want to, what do you really want to do? Oh, I want to do this, I want to do that. But they don't, they don't do it. I don't know why they don't do it. I've always been very highly motivated and, and very, I, I'm only interested in doing what, what makes me happy. So I can't, I don't know if it's just me <laughs> or... Or I can teach it to someone else, but I think you like, especially as you get past forty, it's like, shit, I might be dead in like twenty years, possibly. You know, if I'm really sure. unlucky. Sure, um, sure. 
maybe 30 years if I'm lucky and 40 years if I'm like super lucky. So you start thinking, well, I've just got to do what makes me happy because once you're gone, you're gone, right? Yeah. yeah. So I also like speak to a lot of young kids because I'm, I'm teaching young kids and they're like, oh, I want to be a footballer and I want to do this and I want to do that. Or I want to be an artist. I'm like, well, go and do it then. And they're like, yeah, but I don't think I can. I don't think I'm good enough. I don't think I'm going to achieve that. My parents say I can't. I'm like, dude, you've just got to do what you want to do. I mean, you obviously need a backup plan in case that doesn't work out. So let's say you want to be a professional footballer. And maybe you don't have the skills or you just, you're not good enough in the end. Or maybe you don't get picked or maybe you get injured and that's the end of your footballing career. But it doesn't mean you have to go and then get a job at McDonald's. There's other things you can do around the football area, like becoming a coach or becoming a physio, that allow you to follow your passion. So, I mean, luckily for me, I've only, I've, I've just loved martial arts my whole life. It's all I've wanted to do and it's all I've done. I've obviously added other bits like the business side to it and the, the writing books to it. But you got, you've got to follow your passion because you're going to be on your deathbed and you can go, shit, I wasted my life. I haven't done what I was put here to do. So my main message is, yeah, I mean, I know it's scary, but you have to do it step by step. You have to, you know, investigate how you could make a living doing what you love and then try out a little bit of it and then do a bit after you get home from work and start to build your business. And if you can do it gradually step by step, it's very achievable. Uh, you said you mentioned a few books, and uh, I take it you've probably heard of uh, Tim Ferriss. I've recently yeah. read a lot of his stuff. Are there any books that you would um, recommend here, then, or, or that you've found useful for keeping you on track with your passion? I'm, I know it may sound to some listening that, oh, well, that's easy, you found your passion early, and have always done martial arts, but... There's doing martial arts and then there's running free businesses and having a family, which requires uh, which requires skill and motivation. And I'm sure you draw upon other sources for this motivation and and drive. So any books in particular that you've found useful, perhaps? Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, it, it is it, it's not easy, but it, it, because it's my passion, I just love doing it. So even when I encounter problems, it's still fun because it's my passion um, like you say Tim Ferriss um, any of his books are really really good I really like his uh, way of writing and he's quite honest so he's really good any of uh, Tony Robbins's books like Awaken the Giant Within are good kind of starters for changing people's lives I think they're they're worth reading you can go into like any of the self-help sections in any bookshop and find books that will will help you or even like autobiographies by successful people and you find out that they're probably just like you and me. They're just like normal people who, through luck or through work, kind of found what they're really good at, their unique skill uh, and their unique passion, and then just followed it and went with it and committed to it. I think that's the thing. People dabble in this and that and then quit. I think you have to, if you've, if you've found what you're here to do, I think you should commit 100%. So, yeah, reading's important. It helps you learn ideas from hundreds of years ago and apply them in your own life that uh, gives you different perspectives. Um, it's basically sitting down with someone and getting like five years of their knowledge in a book and you can just absorb the best bits and their best knowledge. So it, I think reading is very important. But if you're not a reader, maybe like watching online videos, going on YouTube and finding 
videos. Tim Ferriss has done a lot of stuff on video. Tony Robbins is fantastic. If you get a chance and you want to find out about changing your life, I would uh, check out a lot of Tony Robbins' stuff on YouTube. A lot of it's free, and he's, he's I mean, he's very American, so <laughs> a lot of people might think, oh man, he's just way too American. But if you can separate the message from the messenger, just listen to what he actually says about um, necessary that on. It, it's all very good. Oh, Matt, it's been a pleasure, absolute pleasure. Finally, how can folk get in contact with you? How can how can I, I I know there's the usual channels, but if you can suggest the best way uh, folk can get in contact yeah, with you, with, uh, etc. Either go to my website, which is mitmaster.com, and send me a message, or you can go on my social media. So mitmaster m i t t m a s t e r dot com mitmaster dot com, um, and they can send me a message there, and I'll um, have a chat. And there you have it. Do check out The Mitt Master. I'll be putting up links on my website, seannewton.co.uk. Thanks again for listening. Look after yourself and remember to follow your passion. Thank you.